ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It's Thursday, December 9th. Time for your drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our White Claw phone line is open 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer Made Pure. Text line is also open 304-523-2275. Welcome in to our daily little get-together here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We got Marshall basketball to get into. The Thundering Herd last night beating Bluefield University 100-57. to This was a game we thought would go this way. So no surprises here. Tavion Kenzie in that game, 21 points. He was 9-13 of from the field, 2-5 of from the three-point line. As a team, Marshall shot 9-32. of 3-13 of in that first half, 6-19 of in the second half. In comparison, Bluefield shot 3 of 16 from the first half, 4 of 24 in the second half. I expected that. I mean, they were 7 of 40. Marshall was 9 of 32. I kind of expected it to go that way. Bluefield needed threes to try to catch up. Marshall was just taking maybe a little bit more as far as the three shot was concerned. Dan thought they were all good looks for the contest. The herd shot 28.1%. They were better in the second half. It was a little closer to what Dan likes. 32%, that's a little bit better of a number for him. 23%, not that good for him. So, I mean, it came down to it wasn't really anything Bluefield was doing yesterday against the herd. It was, again, Marshall coming out and not doing what Marshall likes to do. I mean, Marshall's getting more points in the paint, 58 points in the paint compared to Bluefield yesterday getting 20. When we caught up with Dan yesterday after the post, he talked a little bit about that three-point shot. If anything, that's one of the things he'd like to see cleaned up. I swear it looks like we're shooting a perfect shot and we miss it. They throw one that goes in. Then I looked down to stats, though, and I saw they shot uh, 17% from threes. It seemed like they made a lot more every time they shot. We end up at 28%. I could have swore they, uh, they shot better than we did from threes, but uh, – you know, we still got to get that up. That's got to get to 37. I think we took uh, 32. Probably a little too much, but not for this game. You know, we're going to take somewhere between 27, 20 threes. We're just going to have to get that thing up to uh, uh, about a 37, 38%. Love to get to 40, but uh, 37, 38% will get us in most ball games. 9-32, you still win the contest. Well, because you, for the game, you shot 42 of 86. You take away some of those uh, three-point shots, and you're doing all right. I mean, from the field, as a team, Marshall shot 46%. First half, second half, 53% for the contest, a little under 50% at 48.8. Marshall outscores Bluefield in that first half, 47-27. Second half, 53-30. Marshall led for almost 39 minutes, 38 minutes and 57 seconds that Marshall led. Decent crowd for a a midweek game. 3,738 showed up to see their herd. Of course, finals going on. This was a game scheduled to to really not, I don't want to say not challenge this team, but here is a game you got to prepare for. But 
if you are doing everything that you already do, you should be able to win this game. So it ramps up with Eastern Kentucky. That is coming up this weekend. It should be fun. I'll tell you what. Jansen Williams looking pretty good. I mean, he was named A-Sun Conference Newcomer of the Week last week, I believe it was. Uh, you know, November 29th. He was Newcomer of the Week. That's pretty good for him. And I'm glad he's doing well. Of course, you get A.W. Hamilton down there. When we continue on the show later on, we're going to have with us the play-by-play voice of EKU, Greg Stottlemyre. We'll talk about the game coming up, talk about EKU, especially A.W. Hamilton, Jansen Williams. Jansen, of course, I think this is a good situation for him at EKU. Gets to showcase himself maybe a little bit better. Gets a coach. Uh, he gets a coach with A.W. Hamilton. I mean, he gets a guy like that as your coach. That's that's a kid. Listen to me, A.W. He's going to be going places. I know there's rumor talk. You know, maybe it's more speculation right now. Really, it's not rumor. It's more speculation that you know maybe when Dan retires, A.W. will take the job at Marshall, and I'd be okay with that. I think a lot of people will be all right with that. The the way he uh, he definitely can can coach. Didn't beat WVU, but sure gave them fits. WVU beats UConn yesterday, so take that for what you will. EKU is going to be good. WVU beating UConn wasn't an upset in my mind. I didn't think that was an upset at all. I think UConn's just, I don't want to say they're overrated. I'm not trying to take away from WVU win. I just think WVU was better than the team that is ranked 15th or was ranked 15th. So you take all of that into consideration. EKU is going to be a good game for the Thundering Herd. If Marshall loses, I won't be surprised. If Marshall wins, I won't be surprised. This is one of those games because Dan talked about it last night in his presser. You know, he roots for EKU, thinks of them. They're like brothers. We're going to play that cut here in a minute because when we get Greg on, to talk about EKU. I don't know if he's heard that, so I want to make sure that he hears that before we talk about this matchup between Marshall and EKU. So that's coming up. Later on, I had a chance to join Tony Kemper earlier today for his weekly presser. We'll talk a little bit about that loss to Coppin State in review, look ahead to St. Bonaventure going into the Atlantic 10. That's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a challenge for the Thundering Herd. Big Ten, you're on the road for a couple. You play well. You get back home. You play against Coppin State. Pretty solid for three of the four periods, three of the four quarters. That fourth quarter did not do well. Cost you the game. Bouncing back, you go into a tough venue like St. Bonaventure, so we'll talk to Tony about that a little bit later on. Uh, The AP... College Football Player of the Year honors are out. We'll tell you about that. Is this going to foreshadow the Heisman? Yeah, well, we'll see. All I know is um, Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson, and uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett are three of the four potential Heisman winners that were named in the AP Award here today. So, We'll go over that with you. We'll get your text in, as I promised. We'll do that at 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275 when we continue 
We're going to hear from the play-by-play voice of EKU, Greg Stottlemyre. He'll join us when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Last night, Marshall gets the victory over Bluefield 157. Welcome back to The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It took us, uh, what, seven, eight minutes before we started talking to Dan last night about EKU. And the question was about Jansen. The question was going down playing AW. Here's what Dan said last night. And, you know, he's a big fan of EKU. He says he roots for EKU when Marshall isn't playing. I can believe that. Dan's one of those guys that if you're not playing the herd, he'll root for you. He kind of alluded to the fact that Marshall and EKU are sort of like brothers now. Here's what Dan had to say last night. Well, you know, we root for uh, A-Dub and Jansen every time they play, except for tomorrow, Saturday. You know, you always – it's like having a brother now. You know, you got so much Marshall connection down there that uh, um, it's like brothers competing, you know. You, we're going to go after it. When we're finished, we'll root for them. So – a little brotherly love coming up on Saturday. Joining us now on the program, I don't know if Greg, if you consider us brothers, but uh, we're all brothers here. Greg Stottlemyre joins us, voice of EKU. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Paul. I'm a little tired because uh, it was a long flight back from uh, L.A. yesterday through Atlanta, but uh, uh, I think I've caught up. Yeah, that's um, that's a heck of a road trip there, and uh, of course, uh, you got to get ready for Marshall coming up. And you know, now you found out we're all related because of so many Marshall ties there. So we're all brothers now. Yeah, I mean, it's such a – this game has so many storylines. It always has. Once A.W. got his first head coaching job and his first chance, his first game ever was against Marshall. And ironically, it's the worst this team ever shot from three-point range. And as you know, they love to chuck the three. They they put up 51 in that terrible loss to Western Kentucky, which was a, a – uh, a school record. So it'll be interesting. These two teams scored high volumes. And I was just looking back at the, of course they didn't play last year due to the rearrangement of schedules with COVID. But looking back, Marshall's averaged 97 and a half in the two games against DKU. when when the AW has been the coach of the Colonels. We know he's progressed pretty far as a head coach. I don't know how much you've heard, but, and again, this is all speculation, but you know, maybe one day he moves on, he takes the Marshall job. You know, that's how much he's loved, at least by Marshall fans. And now we add a connection. You have Jansen Williams, who is uh, playing for EKU, and he was a, a loved figure on the basketball court, and he's doing some amazing things. And you know, in the short time you've seen him with EKU, you talk about how well he's fit in and what he's brought to that team. He's really fit in well because, as we all know, with the transfer portal and how it totally disrupts you and then you have to adjust, he and then Braxton Beverly, uh, the kid out of the mountains of eastern Kentucky that played at North Carolina State, they've had to fit in with the returning players, and they've done it so well. They've brought maturity. They've brought leadership. And and I think Jansen has kind of renewed himself a little bit, you know, a new place to play and kind of – 
said, you know, hey, I, I like basketball. I want to play basketball in the future, too. He's fought through a little bit of an ankle injury this year from early in the year, but he is the leading scorer and leading rebounder right now. Uh, and like every player on this EKU team, there's been ups and downs in shooting, but he's brought a lot to the team as a stretch five, which is the kind of five-man that A.W. wants to play with because of his style of, of pressing for 40 minutes. So uh, I've been really pleased. Number one, he's a great kid, Jansen Williams is, as I've gotten to know him, and, and he's brought a lot to Eastern Kentucky after they lost two first-team all-conference players to the transfer portal last year. One thing that's been, I think, impressive about this team, and maybe it's not the right word because you probably expected it, this team has been in competitive mode with almost everyone it's played so far. I mean, you look back and you see the score against WVU. That's an eye-opener. And all of the contests that I've seen so far have been close. EKU, any minute now, could maybe break free and win one of those bigger matchups. Yeah, it's been a it's been a frustrating run in, in the four games on the road, and, and three of those four games were really tough. They had to play at Western at Southern Cal on Tuesday night and then up at West Virginia. They should have won the West Virginia game. They shot the ball well. They were ahead almost the entire game. But those factors of down the stretch, they have not been a good team in closing out games. They pretty much let the JMU game get away from them that they lost by one. They were tied late in the game with Western Kentucky. Uh, so they, they're right there. They're 5-5 five and five on the year. They could easily be nine and one or eight and two, but they're not. And, you know, the schedule's been tough and they just haven't been consistent enough, but they've got the talent. But I think this, like a lot of teams, these non-conference games are working towards, especially in a conference like Eastern Kentucky is in, to set yourself for conference play because you know you're a one-bid league probably. Looking at the schedule, you go from Radford, Virginia to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay, there's a few days there, so it's not that much of a hardship in comparison from going to Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is difficult coming from Huntington to Bowling Green, so I know it's not easy to get there, period. And then you go out to Los Angeles, California, as you just mentioned. Uh, the schedule uh, makers, um, you get to see some different parts of the country, I'll say that. Yeah, it's, it, it was a, a one-game trip to the West Coast, too. They would have loved to have had two games out there, but they couldn't schedule a second one. And you hear this from a lot of coaches that it's been – when you have a year like Eastern Kentucky did last year, 22-7, and seven, uh, it's tough to get those non-conference games or those bye games. And so uh, they went out and played. Uh, I think they got something out of it. They turned – Southern Cal over, even though they shot poorly. They started four of 23 from the field. They were way behind before they heated up, but they did get some things done. Uh, but again, I go back, Paul, to the, the inconsistency. You'll get good performances by two, two and a half, three players, but you're not getting four players to have a consistent shooting game. And Eastern Kentucky, they, they live and die by the three. And and it'll be interesting to see how they shoot because I was running the numbers before you called on the last two games uh, in the 2018-19 season and in the following year. And Eastern Kentucky shot below 19% in the two games against Marshall. So Marshall knows how to defend the three. Eastern Kentucky has not shot the ball well. And Marshall's also played toe-to-toe with them as far as turnover margin. Two things that Eastern Kentucky has to win to pull the – 
to pull the win out on their side, and they haven't done that against Marshall. Dan, in his poster uh, post-conference, talked about the fact that Marshall needs to work on the three-point shot, talks about how many that Marshall has taken, and then he pointed to EKU and said, look, you complain about us taking a lot of threes. Look at what EKU does. And you know, I'm glad you pointed that out because it's going to be an up-and-down battle back and forth. This is going to be three-pointer after three-pointer, it feels like. And, and I know there's going to be a lot of other play, but it just feels like three-point after three-point after three-point shot. This could be a 199 game. I'd love it. I, I like those kind of games. Eastern, you mentioned that they average – uh, making 13 a game, and they are just over 36 a game attempted. I, I always wait until game day to run the national numbers, but EKU's been in the top three consistently this year in number of threes made and number of threes taken. But their shooting percentage from three is uh, barely in the top 50. So if they can improve that, and they've got shooters. I mean, Braxton Beverly was a great shooter at at uh, North Carolina State, number four all-time for the Wolfpack in threes made. Michael Moreno was uh, second in the Ohio Valley Conference last year in percentage, and he's way down percentage-wise. If they can get hot, you know, I think it'll change things. Another factor, and he won't play much, if at all. Uh, I don't know if he's cleared yet by the NCAA, but he has passed his classes at EKU. We may see another former Marshall player Saturday. That's to be determined by Iron Bennett. He's had that knee injury, too, but they've rehabbed him a lot, and we may see a few minutes of Iron Bennett to add yet another storyline to the game. That would be great. He is such a fun person, period. I would love to see him out there. And, yeah, I know um, he was uh, definitely loved by the fans. Uh, His teammates loved him. But at the same time, that would be, I think, just another exciting storyline between EKU and Marshall just to see – those two back on the court, A-Dub taking on Dan and uh, Tavion Kinsey mentioned it. We love them, but uh, it's going to be really competitive. I am I think they're downplaying it, but they're not. They're pointing out that they're really going to be competitive with uh, those guys on Saturday. Yeah, back when Iron, I, I assume, was a lot more healthy. He just ate up Eastern Kentucky in that, in that uh, game that was played in December of 2019. He had 21 in. 16 points. I don't know that we'll ever get that by the big guy this season with all the knee problems he's had and that kind of thing. But he can give Jansen Williams at the five rest minutes if if he if he can stay healthy and that type of thing. You know, there's another uh, connection too. When AW was the uh, player at Marshall, Jeff Carrico was the longtime trainer down there, and Jeff's now the athletics trainer at Eastern Kentucky. So these ties just continue. And and as you said, that that makes it fun. Uh, because, um, you know, there's more things to talk about in this game. Yeah, I um, I hope that this stays on the schedule every year. I do, too. As much as possible, I because I go back to the Southern Conference days and, and the football there when Marshall and EKU would meet a little bit more often in football, and it was just it felt right. It always felt right, and I love the fact that basketball is bringing it back and doing it more and more. You know, I know with Marshall's move to the Sun Belt, you need to find as many close opponents as you possibly can. I know Eastern making its move as well. You know, I, I don't know how life has been so far for you in conference, but you know, it feels like some right moves have finally been made as far as the geography is concerned. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, Steve Cotton and I talk about this when we catch up on Press Row before games. Is 
I guess we're both kind of old school. I, I wish we were all back in more regional sensibility conference wise, but that, that, uh, planes left the tarmac a long time ago. I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's all about, you know, trying to stay ahead of everybody else and, and, and the money and the television rights and that kind of thing. Eastern Kentucky left the OVC after, uh, what was it, 72 years there. They've gone to the A-Sun. It was kind of a football-based move. But now with the Texas-Oklahoma tremor causing this avalanche, I don't know where things are going to end up. Eastern Kentucky has made it known that they would love to get the FBS too. Uh, but so far, that invitation hasn't come. It may. Uh, we'll just wait and see. But uh, with, with the A-Sun, it, it does kind of go to the alumni footprint more. But it does cause some more travel. Uh, we'll see where where things fall out, you know. And it's going to be one of those things where we may see a lot of changes from a lot of universities continue until this all shakes out and settles down a little bit. Would a push ever happen to see if you could get into Conference USA and have Western Kentucky on the schedule on a yearly basis in football, and I'm sure that would generate a lot of interest. Yes. I'll leave it at that, <laughs> yes. they. I mean, they are interested. But you have to have interest from the other side. I think there is, but I'm not on the inside about that. I just know that they have not hidden the fact that if the right opportunity comes along, they would be interested. They, were, they, were, they got a site visit four or five years ago on the Sun Belt, and they finished second to to Coastal Carolina. I don't think anybody could argue that the decision to take Coastal was the right move. I mean, look what Coastal has done. Uh, but there is interest there. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good movement, uh, improving facilities here. I think we have the, the fan base that's interested as well. So I think at some point, because I don't know how far back you go, but for me, I mean, I go back to – and this is switching from basketball to football mostly, but I remember Eastern Kentucky had good rivalries with Marshall, with Georgia Southern, with Appalachian State, with Middle Tennessee, with Western Kentucky. They beat Boise State in, in uh, a semifinal of the FCS playoffs and lost to them in a national championship game. So when I start looking at all the schools that are playing football at the non-Power 5 level, and I see all these EKU opponents, and yet Eastern Kentucky still back where they are, I think that obviously says Eastern Kentucky, if they get a chance, needs to move there as well, and I think they want to. But who knows what will happen in the future. One of my first road trips as a student at Marshall University was a bus trip uh, to see Marshall play EKU. So I go back a little bit, and it was a fun road trip for sure. It was definitely a – you know, EKU, I think, got got the herd that day, but it was definitely a fun road trip for sure. And yeah, I always thought that this needed to happen more often because the fans really like to get after each other. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a great series. I mean, they had great, great series in the 80s and early 90s with Marshall and Georgia Southern and Appalachian State. Um, the administration wasn't in the right place at that point to make the move like some of the other schools did, and so they've been left behind. I don't think Eastern Kentucky had the fan base level that Marshall does. And look at what Appalachian State has done as they moved their fan base. But, you know, back to basketball, AW has done a great job 
in energizing this fan base. And as you know, I mean, he, he's a. There are coaches who will talk the talk, but do they really walk the walk? And AW's about as genuine of a head coach on a Division One level that I've ever met. And um, you know, just love to work with him. I think we have a good relationship, and um, he's brought a lot to this university. Uh, and it's been it, it's and it's really brought this basketball program was in good shape before the coach prior to him took over, but he's really brought it to a new level as far as fan interest. And you know he he's going to make the NCAA one year. They hope this is a year. They thought they had the team last year and didn't quite get it done, but he he approaches things right. He's overcome his his. Uh, health scare well and fought it and used it as a platform. And, you know, I couldn't ask for anybody better. And I know Marshall fans know that. I'm preaching to the choir down there, right? Yeah, I think you are. Uh, everyone loves A.W. I would think anyway, most Marshall fans love A.W. As I alluded to earlier, there are a lot of herd fans that hope one day when Dan decides he's he's done, he's had enough, that uh, A.W. would get a serious look or maybe want the job and yeah, I know that would disappoint a lot of EKU fans, but at the same time, uh, he's definitely going to take them places. Well, I'm sur- sur- sure if that if that came to pass where Dan was done, that his name would come up. But I know there's a lot of people at Eastern Kentucky willing to try to make sure that they can keep him here. And I think he, I, I think wherever he goes, he's going to have success. He's made and he's built his career to have success wherever he is, and. He has a brand of basketball. He sticks to that brand. And the thing that I've been, I think, most impressed about this year is how he handled the tough loss of those players to the transfer portal where the Power Five plucks and really goes and turns it into their recruiting gym. And he came back and and did his own work to make sure that he reloads rather than starts over. I mean, you got you got a guy that I don't know if he's starting now, but a you know, a freshman that went to Auburn and started at Auburn and another player who's now at Iowa State of first team all conference players and and he goes out and gets Braxton who he knew through Hardgrave and uh, then of course the two Marshall players as well and uh so uh he he just he even though he only had one year as an assistant coach all those years at Hargrave and being under the coaches he was under at both Wake Forest and at Marshall have prepared him for where he is now and where I think he will go in the future. Joining us on the program, looking forward to the game coming up on Saturday, is EKU play-by-play announcer Greg Stottlemyre. And Greg's been fun. We should do this more often. Hopefully the schedule will allow us to do this, and we'll see this happen every year. And maybe one day we can get – EKU to move up, be it Conference USA, Sun Bell, who knows, but let's get this football schedule going again because I think those were some fun times. Uh, I know older Herd fans remember those days in the 1AA playoffs. Those were some fun times. Yeah, the last two football games in where in the last three or four years, one game was fairly competitive and the other two seasons ago was a blowout. But the new football coach has done a good job of rebuilding and uh, – we played a hybrid schedule. You're asking about the new conference. I really haven't done anything related to the A Sun yet. I've, I've got call, call some ESPN Plus games for you know spring and and fall sports, but uh, the the football was not officially an A Sun conference. They played a hybrid 
schedule with the teams that left the Southland going to the Western Athletic Conference. So it was a hybrid league for just one year. So the A-Sun, for, for me as a broadcaster on basketball and football, really won't start until they host Central Arkansas uh, after the turn of the new year. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But as I told somebody, you know, some people are, are saying, well, how do you like it? What do you think? I'm concerned that there's more travel. And I said, hey, in January or February, all I know is when I walk off the team bus or go from the bus to the gym or to the hotel, I would rather do it in Fort Myers, Florida, or Deland, Florida, or Jacksonville, Florida, than Edwardsville, Illinois, or Charleston, Illinois. Seems like a fair trade-off to me. Again, I feel like it's it's right for EKU. A little bit more, uh, a little bit more notoriety, a little bit more visibility than the OVC. I just feel like this is a good fit. I know the geography is not perfect, but the sun's really nice. Yeah, the sun's nice, and you know, right now for at least a year, we we'll, we'll deal with Liberty. Liberty's picked to to win the A Sun. Uh, Liberty's they're going to the conference. See, I always have to get my map out to figure this out. Liberty is going to the to Conference USA. James Madison, who we play in basketball, is going to the Sun Belt with Marshall. Correct? That's yes. The way things go. Yes, and uh, the geography actually fits there. So um, Marshall's in a in a gain situation for once with geography. Yeah, and James Madison's got a great tradition in football. They've got a brand new basketball arena. Uh, I think they'll be a good addition to to the conference. If you're talking about a school moving up from FBS uh, to FBS from FCS, you couldn't get one better than than James Madison. Rumor has it they're pushing maybe Marshall, Old Dominion, also Southern Miss, and James Madison in some sort of capacity begin in the Sun Belt next season. I know they're pushing for it as much as they possibly can because – yeah, they've been denied the opportunity to compete for a conference championship in any sport. So, yeah, you might see this happen sooner than later, or at least some hybrid version of it. Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Because it's uh, and like we said at the top, I I don't know whether you agree with me, Paul, but I don't think this is over yet. I mean, I think things are going to continue to move. Uh, you know, you obviously know Westerns always nosing around of where, where can they go here, can they go there. Uh, they get left behind. Uh, they're still in Conference USA. Uh, I just think everybody's wanting to reach for the American Athletic Conference if they can. It just seems like nobody's ever satisfied. Uh, if they let, if it's kind of like political ger- political uh, realignment of districts, you know, it's always gerrymandered. If they would just let Steve and, and I put regional lines to all these conferences we could have fun again but uh, you know the idea of eastern western middle marshall appalachian state uh being within you know driving distance of each other it's just that that's not going to happen i don't think uh but i can keep my fingers crossed you know we look at that map we look at that map with the with the sun belt now if we could get eku in maybe we could encircle appalachian state yeah, yeah, encircle them. That, that's good. I, I always enjoyed the trip to Appalachian State. I'm, I'm kind of an outdoor guy. I, lo- I love to hike and that kind of thing. I love the mountains, and uh, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was. I, it just, I just like the vibe there. But uh, sometimes the results of the football games weren't as good. So, uh, it, but yeah, I don't know what. So 
But that'll be a great rivalry now that you're both in the Sun Belt. I would think that would be a classic rivalry in the future, Marshall and, and Appalachian State. Yeah, I thought I'd have to educate some of the younger fans about it. No, the uh, the game itself took care of that business real quick. It's a rivalry now. It will be, for sure. Yeah. I just have to educate them on Georgia Southern, why uh, herd fans of new herd fans need to care about not liking them and hating them in a, in a good way, in a good way. I remember when Eastern Kentucky broke their 36 or 37 game home field winning streak back in the 1980s. But uh, that was back in the days where you could bid for, for home games. And at that point, Eastern Kentucky's administration wasn't as aggressive. And so when we lost that 14, seven game to Marshall, then the next year, Marshall just cleaned house on Eastern Kentucky, but Eastern was a higher seed that like, what was it 91 or so? And then, same thing. They went down to Georgia Southern, had the ball inside the five, but they had to play on the road, fumbled at the end of the ball game and, and lost, you know, and, and it's hard to believe because I'm old school, but it's hard to believe Eastern Kentucky has not won a playoff game in, in FB, in FCS and one, or I still like to call it one double A since 1994. Now they've been in, in 2014, 2009, 2007, but, you know, some people like to hold on to the tradition, and the tradition's there to rebuild it, but the success in, in postseason play has not been there for over uh, a quarter of a century, and, and that's what they're trying to get back to, to try to re-energize that tradition that was on a level with the Appalachian State, Boise State's Marshalls back in the 1980s. Just to educate fans before we let you go, Greg, and I don't want to really bring up any uh, – Bad flashbacks, but 91, it was a 14-7 victory in the semifinals over EKU. And then in, in 1992, it was 44-0. Yeah. Oh, I remember it. <laughs> held, the, the, held at the time, and he played for the Eagles, Marcus Thomas from Cincinnati, held him to negative yards rushing, and he finished his career as the all-time leading rusher in 1AA football. He's been surpassed since then. But I... I, I have to you know counter you here. You Uh-oh. remember the last you remember the last football game at the old stadium, right? Fairfield Stadium. It was like wasn't it fourteen yeah. seven as well? Oh, well uh, it, it was close to that. Yeah. I, I think the other team won that game though. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I was there. I was there at that, yeah. and, and I remember Jim Donnan saying something to the effect that that would never happen again, or something like that. I'm I'm not sure. Um, uh, it didn't happen again. I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him credit. But yeah, that, that I remember that game well because that was the final game at Fairfield Stadium, and Marshall got beat by EKU. Yeah, uh, there was a kid. For, it was a hometown kid by the name of Pat Smith. Came here as a quarterback, and he had no chance to be a quarterback, so they converted him to a defensive back, and he had four interceptions that day. It was a low-scoring game, but I remember it well. And that that fourteen ten game was a tremendous game too. Uh, but then the one the next year wasn't, and I passed up a trip to uh, the Virgin Islands for the the, tur- the basketball tournament, of course, to do the football game. And on the way back from Huntington to Richmond, I wasn't real happy. I had to look this up while we're we're doing this. Uh, it was fifteen twelve, November tenth. I had to look I had to look this up. Fifteen twelve. Yeah, I had it in my old notes, but I I couldn't remember. I know it was low scoring. I, I love that old place. I mean, it had kind of a for lack of a better term, of Wrigley Field kind of feel to it to me. <laughs> that character, for sure. Yeah, character. 
Greg, good talking to you. We'll do it again soon, yeah. and uh, hopefully we can get the EKU on the schedule a lot more, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a fun game. You get that 100-99 to basketball game on Saturday with the Herd. I think I think one team will – they'll definitely both crack the 80 mark, I think. I don't know how high it will go, uh, but it'll it'll be a fun game, and I hope both teams play well and uh, the fans from both sides enjoy it. It's always great talking to you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Greg. We appreciate it. That is Greg Stottlemyre joining us. Uh, yeah, that was not a fun day for Marshall fans. Back on November 10th of 1990, the final game ever at Fairfield Stadium was a 15-12 defeat at the hands of EKU. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. Paul Swan, your host. Uh, we had a good time talking earlier. If you missed it, our conversation with Greg Stottlemyre, the voice of EKU. Looking ahead, Marshall Women in Action coming up on Sunday, taking on St. Bonaventure. But the first thing first, Tony Kemper, you got to get over that Coppin State loss. So what did he learn after reviewing some of the footage from this thing? Um, what did he find out about his team that he maybe he didn't know? Uh, I talked to him earlier today, and uh, here's what he said. He looked at the, the game, and, and this is what maybe the Thundering Herd needs to do and, and what he saw on the on the tape. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're coming off a tough game and not a result that we wanted at home. Um, you know, I, we had trouble defensively uh, guarding them. I thought um, – I didn't think our plan at the end of the day, I don't think I, I had them very organized in a, in a fashion that was good when you look at film. Um, and then I think – you know, the other side of that is we definitely need, definitely needed to be a little bit more tough-minded with the ones that were out there and find a way to get a stop, show enough emotion at home um, to, to get some more stops than what we did and, and then, you know, flip it on the other end and get some baskets. And I thought early in the quarter we got quite a bit of good shots and looks and didn't stick enough of them. And, you know, when it started to snowball on us, um, you know, I didn't think we responded very well. So... Uh, it needs to be a learning experience, and um, we need to parlay it into better basketball, you know, in the future. And we have a lot of time to, to figure it out. I think to a certain degree our team is is uh, probably a little bit too worried or press, pressing about how good they want to be right now. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that we played, probably showed a lot of improvement from Purdue to Michigan State and maybe gave a little bit of that focus and concentration away at Coppin State. And, um, you know, they certainly made a lot of big shots, and I didn't think we handled that very well um, down the stretch when they started to fill it up. Had a chance to talk to Kennedy Colclaw as well earlier today, and she talked about what the team and what she's learning from that Coppin State loss. Um, We just looked at it, and we were – um, we wanted to improve on the things we wanted to improve on. So defense, we watched a lot of film on where we weren't. Um, I feel like we played pretty well up to the fourth quarter. So I feel like we've all kind of talked and we need to finish. I mean, going in the conference soon, that's going to be important. I mean, you can play well in the first three quarters, but if you don't play well in the fourth, then, I mean, it's not. It doesn't matter. So I feel like we just kind of came together and – talked about how we need to finish better and what spots do we like to get the ball in, what was working for us, and what we can improve on down the stretch. 
That's Kennedy Coldclaw, and then Tony Kemper uh, talked to me a little bit about the game itself coming up on Sunday. It's going to be a tough challenge for the Thundering Herd taking on St. Bonaventure. Yeah, they've really played two really quality teams back-to-back. They played Kent State and Bucknell in, in back-to-back games. So they, they got out to a 5-1 and one start. Um, they're a good defensive team. If you look at their numbers, uh, they make it pretty hard on you to score. Um, maybe similar to us scheme-wise as far as what they try to do. Uh, offensively, uh, they got a tremendous uh, guard, very, very quick, um, gets the ball to the spots she wants pretty much whenever she wants to get there. Um, has some shooting around her, so it's it's uh, difficult to figure out where you can help off of and different things like that. And um, we'll have to really we got to really pick our defense up as a team. And I thought that was pretty evident walking out of Coppin State. I think we're in the process of doing that right now. And how much we get it fixed in a week, we'll uh, we'll I'll let you know about Sunday at um, you know three o'clock. Looking forward to finding out Sunday a little bit after 3 o'clock. We'll wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's a fun show today couple of items to tell you about before we call it a night. The Heisman's coming up. Maybe this is like the Golden Globes to the Heisman. The Heisman being the Oscar. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, Associated Press College Football Player of the Year. That's pretty impressive. Received 42 of 53 first-place votes from AP Top 25 voters and 137 points to finish ahead of Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. He got four first-place votes for 67 points total. And Pittsburgh's quarterback, Kenny Pickett, was third. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be a predictor for the Heisman, but I got a good feeling that if the vote's going this way, a lot of these voters might also have a Heisman ballot. Of course, you'll find out what my Heisman vote was after the announcement of the Heisman. Sorry, they make you sign this um, paperwork that basically says that they will um, harvest your organs and and burn the remains if you reveal your vote. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty lock-solid. Uh, it's pretty lock-solid. Text line. EKU had an excellent football coach. Beat them playoff game loud and proud at Old Fairfield. Wasn't that a record attendance? I was there. It was rocking. Text also says, Coach says it's got to shoot specially home court. Taylor, two for 13. Um, Taylor, two for 13. Free throws. I'm thinking one for six. I'm not translating that one pretty well. I'm going to say we'll come back to that text. I got to be able to read the shorthand sometimes. I, I, I can read the one about the EKU football. Uh, EKU did have an excellent football coach, and uh, the Herd beat him. But you know what? Roy Kidd's still a pretty good coach. Got a stadium named after him. That's pretty good. That's going to do it for this edition here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.